tonight we're finishing this series we've been in on spiritual warfare and deliverance. So um, I'm super excited about that. It's been a journey. And uh, this is the 12th message on this subject in the last three or four months. And that is just, uh, that's been a marathon for me. And I'm excited to finish it. Uh, In this last section, we've been talking about strategies for ministering to people based on everything we've learned about spiritual warfare and deliverance. And we've talked about inner healing last week and how deliverance and inner healing, they're not quite the same thing, but uh, they are very, very related because the enemy loves to, you know, uh, get strongholds and affect us the most, oppress us the most in our most broken places. We talked about that last week. The week before, we talked about uh, repenting and renouncing the power of your words and how important that is. Um, And so um, tonight, I want to talk about blessing and impartation and the power of blessing and impartation. And when I say blessing, I mean literally speaking blessing over people with words or praying blessing over people with words and the power of it. Um, And it is a form of impartation, actually. Um, Impartation means to give or to bestow. And the Lord... uh, How many of you know the Lord can do whatever He wants and He can give and bestow whenever he wants to whomever he wants in fact my favorite stories are when we just preach the truth and like just ask the lord you know and when people are like you'll never believe what happened i was at home this week and i was praying and the holy spirit fell on me and filled me and i got some new gifts and i began to use those gifts it's like yes this is amazing and so i love that it's like nobody's praying for them it's like just them and god so god can do that whenever he wants but we see a pattern in scripture that god works through people and when we engage him by faith and we we co-labor with him. That's actually how he works most often, okay? Most often, God works in co-laboring with us. And then when special circumstances require it, he's like, all right, nobody's doing this. I'm just going to do it, you know? And I love that. Praise, praise him for that grace. But he calls us to be co-laborers. And he, he call, God does the work in our lives, but he calls us to position ourselves to receive his work in our lives, right? So it's a co-laboring. And so, um, you know, even faith itself is a gift from God, Scripture says, and yet we have to still choose, don't we? And so it's, it's, we're saved by grace, that's God's work, through faith, which is our part. We respond in faith, and we say, yes, I want to agree with what you want to do for me, God. And so... Um, I'm kind of sharing this this last section in the as as I've, as I've talked about in the context of like a prayer session. You know, say you meet someone and as you we've been learning about spiritual warfare and deliverance, and you're discerning like, man, I feel like you have some issues that are they're they're uh, they're spiritual in nature are some of the problems uh, that you're having. You know, the strongholds or there's you know inner healing that's needed, and and you realize, man, I'm going to pray for these people because we want to equip our church family to to be able to do that. And so, um, you know, are some people do they have a greater anointing or calling for deliverance, inner healing? Yes, absolutely. For counseling, yes, absolutely. But I believe the average Christian, you kind of need to know uh, the basics. Uh, and, and the average Christian can pray very basically for people. And you can see God do miraculous things through, through very simple prayers if you just kind of know the basics and know what to do. And so it's kind of like if you think about the army, there's guys who are specialized that, you know, they have, you know, back in the day, World War II, they had, some had flamethrowers, you know, some had bazookas, some had, you know, certain types of like uh, those 
big machine guns. You can tell I wasn't in the army, but um, you know what I'm saying. Um, and uh, but like every soldier needed to know how to use their M16, right? They needed to know how to use their rifle. And so that's kind of what we're talking about. Every soldier in God's army kind of needs to know the basics and know their way around spiritual warfare. Or you will get oppressed. You'll get your butt kicked, right? And so we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, But I'm speaking about all this in the context of you all helping people. But at the same time, I know that as we do this, um, the, the best place to practice is on yourself and your spouse and your family and your kids with their permission you know, don't be like, you have a demon. I'm going to pray for you. You know, like that's not going to, that's not going to go well. Um, and so, um, yeah, so don't do that. But, you know, if you're like, this might be spiritual, let's pray, honey, you know. Um, and so it can be really powerful. We practice on ourselves and then we start trying to help people around us. And so in the context of a prayer session, as I've shared this last three sections, you know, we, we do an interview. We just say, hey, tell me what's going on. We're listening that's powerful because listening is a powerful act of love. Confess Through confession, people get set free. So just listening to people is important. We do that interview. We look for the things we need to pray for. And then we repent. We lead them to repent anything they need to repent of. To renounce the things they've been involved in that are not of God. Things that have happened to them or things they've done. Um, and that's powerful. And as I said a few weeks ago, that, that's the bread and butter. The repenting and the renouncing. Uh, Them verbally using their words to say, you know, I renounce this. I don't want this in my life anymore. Okay, then we as a a minister, as a as a uh, a, a man or woman of God, we break those ties. We command the enemy to lead them. Right. Uh, We talked about inner healing last week. And I, I said like these. So there's like repenting and renouncing. There's inner healing prayers. And then there's um blessing and impartation. We've there's times we do all of this in one prayer session with someone, right? When somebody comes to us with with issues um, and and help that are spiritual in nature, and so there's times we do all of these in one prayer session, right? Or it might we might just do some repenting and renouncing. We pretty much always do that. Um, don't really need inner healing today, and and let's just bless them and impart whatever the Lord wants to impart. Okay, and so but we're breaking this out these last three weeks individually. Uh, talking about the power of each one. So you can do all this in one prayer session. Um, but today, tonight, I want to focus on, let's say you've prayed with someone. You've done repenting and renouncing. You've, you've broken ties. You've commanded the in- enemy to leave. You know, um, maybe you've done some inner healing. And now you're finishing up this prayer session. And now you're just going to pray to bless them. And you're going to pray impartation, which is invoking the Holy Spirit to impart gifts to them. Um, and that's really, really, really powerful um, because what you find, especially when you're pastor and, and you have people schedule prayer sessions, they need help. Man, a lot of times, very broken people, the, when they're initially getting help, um, they maybe have never had anyone play, pray blessing over them. They maybe have never received impartation. And I want to say this. This is really important. In the last year, we've been learning a lot about Holy Spirit gifts a lot about impartation and, and whatnot. And a pattern that we saw last year is that the Lord was filling lots of people in dramatic ways. And then we would see other people be like, pray for me. And, and, and sometimes they would say, I want what you got. I want, give me, I want you to pray that God will give me what he gave, just gave you. And I was like, okay. And um, several different times on cert, with certain people on certain occasions, um, it became apparent like, Oh, um, 
that's not for you. Um, or actually, um, I can pray for you, but actually there's, there's something in your life that's blocking you being able to receive. And so I could pray impartation, but I don't, I don't think a whole lot's going to happen because I feel like there's this thing we need to go after first to help set you free from. Um, because that thing, every time you've ever been prayed over and you're like, nothing ever happens to me, it's actually that thing in your life is actually blocking what God uh, wants to do in your life. Um, and so let's go after that. And we, when we started paying attention to that prophetically, you know, you need to be very um, gracious in how you explain those types of things to people because that could be offensive, couldn't it? You know, like, oh, you got something in your life that's blocking you. <laughs> There's something bad in your life that we need to pray through first, right? That's essentially what you're getting at. Um, but you may not even know what that thing is. They may not even know what that thing is yet, right? Um, and so explaining that very graciously, if you do have awareness of what it is, you know, uh, asking them, would you, let's pray through this first. And we've seen this pattern that when people do that, when they're willing, they get free, they get cleaned out. All the walls they have built up, maybe towards other people or God, those dams get broken down. Then you're in a very pregnant moment in that prayer session. And what a shame it would be for all the dams to be removed and then they don't get filled or they don't get blessed, right? And so uh, when you're ending a prayer session or if you pray through some hard things or renouncing spiritual warfare with people, it's always good to end with blessing and impartation, um, and then there are times, by the way, that if people, you, they come and they ask, you know, I need prayer, and you're talking to them, and you, you kind of diagnose, and you're like, oh, I think you need to pray through this. And then they're unwilling for some reason, and I've talked about that. Um, you know, they, they want free of the, ish, the symptoms of what they're dealing with, but they don't want to give up a lifestyle, or they don't want to give up a habit or a practice, or they don't want to forgive someone, and that's really the issue. Um, a lot of times the Lord will just say to me, just bless them. You know, just like they're not ready yet. Just just pray to bless them. And so you pray to bless them and, and move on. Um, and, and they, they you know, move on until they're ready to deal with what the Lord wants to deal with. Um, how many of you know, we say this all the time here, when God brings things up in you, he doesn't, he doesn't bring them up to shame you. He brings them up to set you free. Okay? The world most of the time, probably your parents growing up, other kids growing up, when they bring up, hey, you suck, you know, you, you do this. Like when they bring stuff up, it's to shame you. Very often we learn this. It's, it, it becomes part of our operating system. And so when the Lord will bring conviction or reveal things through revelation, anybody ever have a moment through revelation, the Lord just shows you what your problem is? And then you're just like, oh, oh, no, I wasn't even aware, but he just showed me. He doesn't do that to shame you. He goes, hey, let's talk about this so that we can deal with it, so you can be free from it, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. So times of refreshing can come from God. But he's like, if I bring the times of refreshing, that thing will block what I'm trying to do. It'll be between me and you. It'll be between you and the blessing. And so somebody here gave a prophetic word many months ago about the Lord's pouring out, but people have umbrellas and, and God's pouring out and the, the, they're, everybody's scared and they're not sure. And maybe there's some things they need to give up and they don't want to. And they've got these umbrellas and then they get mad and they get wonder, they wonder why I'm not receiving from the Lord. 
And it's, well, you got to put that umbrella down. And you got, you got to confess and you got to repent. And you got you to surrender fully. You got to surrender fully. If you want blessing, and if you, especially impartation from the Lord, power and gifts from Holy Spirit, you have to surrender. It's not just being free of sin. It, it, it's, it's being surrendered. I will do whatever you want me to do, God. And then he goes, all right, I can use you. Boom, you get empowered. But if you just want a cool experience, you just want to feel good or black out and have a cool vision <laughs> so you can say you had it, but you have no plans on going out and, and dying to yourself so that other people can know Jesus, I just find a correlation between really surrendered people who are like, I'll do whatever you want, and people who get filled and blessed um, by the Holy Spirit, because that's why he does it. He fills us and blesses us. It's unto something. And part of it's for you and between you and him. And, and, but gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're, for, they're not for you, actually. They're for you to use for the world, to bless the world, to help people, to build up the church. And so Holy Spirit in you is for you. Holy Spirit on you in power, which is the baptism of the Spirit, that's not for you, actually. That's to empower you for other people <laughs> so you can help them. And so that's why I say if there's a hard attitude where you're kind of a selfish, consumeristic Christian, um, that's, that will block you from being filled and empowered by, by Holy Spirit and receiving certain spiritual gifts. Uh, and, and there's a scripture that says, um, Jesus said, be faithful. Uh, let us be faithful. There's, sorry, not Jesus said. There's a scripture that says, uh, let us be faithful to what we've already attained or let us live up to what we've already attained. Jesus said, if you're faithful with a little, you'll be given much. And so a lot of times the Lord will impart spiritual gifts and you get some gifts and then he watches to see, are you using those gifts, right? And, you know, you start using those gifts and then he's like, that's a trustworthy person. That's a good steward. Here's some more, you know, upgrade, getting some new gifts, getting some more power, getting greater anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's a thing. That's scriptural. Um, and so I know when the, I came back to the Lord, I got some gifts right away. I got teaching gift. I got, uh, believe it or not, I was asked, I was applying for a youth pastor job one time, kind of. It was kind of informal, but I was basically interviewing for it. He said, what do you think your greatest spiritual gift is? And the Holy Spirit just hit me big time, and I knew what the answer was. And I was like, and, you know, teaching, you know, worship, you know, whatever. It's like encouragement. It's like I have a gift of encouragement, you know. And he was just like, huh. Yeah, like, all right. And to this day, uh, even here recently, the Lord's like, you have a great gift of encouragement. You haven't been using it. And I was just like, man, you're so right. And so, anyways, he wants us to be faithful to what we've already attained. Um, and he, you know, 1 Corinthians 14 says, you know, follow the way of love, but eagerly desire the greater gifts, right? There's greater gifts, you know? And, uh, and very often, if you're faithful with what you have, and then you seek him for more, he'll bless you with more. Um, and so, but he wants you to be faithful with what you have. So, I don't know why I just said all that. I'm just talking about impartation, I guess. Um, but in the context of a prayer session, I want to talk about, let's talk about blessing and impartation. And then here's the cool part. At the end, we're going we're gonna to have a prayer time of blessing and impartation. And so um, if you're an intercessor, go ahead and start praying into that because I really think it's going to be awesome. So why do we pray to bless people? Why is that important? 
Um, I will say this for the more the deliverance side. Jesus talked about if you cast a spirit out, it goes through arid places. You know, it finds some friends. It comes back to the house it was thrown out of. It's clean and swept in order. And then it takes seven others like it moves back in. And the condition of the person is worse than it was before. And so this is also why when we do deliverance um, with people, we want to make sure they're a believer in Jesus. And if they're not, even as we're, like if somebody comes up to me and says, I have an issue, it's like, do you, are you a believer in Jesus? No, I've never been saved. Do you want to be? And this, actually, this, this has actually happened. And uh, I can't think of a person who's asking for that type of prayer who has said no. Um, I've, I've known three or four people that I've interacted with personally who get saved first, then we pray through things. And, uh, and so that's exciting. But the reason I say that is <clears throat> you don't just want to pray the devil off people and then the Holy Spirit's not in there. Because if they're not with you, you know, they're just, the devil will just come right back at an opportune time uh, when they're not around uh, godly people with Holy Spirit. So you need to explain that to people at times. Um, and so some of you have friends and family who see ghosts, see demons. They, they have these spiritual experiences that are weird. You, listen, just be transparent with people. I'm like, oh, that was a demon. Yeah, it's all real. Yep, Jesus is real. That could be a simple conversation that leads you to be like, do you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You know, if you do, he's going to protect you from this. You know that, right? And some of, some of us don't have that confidence to actually tell people that. That's actually Luke 10, 18, and 19. It is true. It's the word of God. If you trust in him, he will protect you. You can promise them that. Well, I don't want to get their hopes up. What if something bad happens? That's on Jesus. He promised this. If they trust in him, you can stand in his word. He will protect you. Do you want to receive? Yes, I want to receive. Yeah, I want that protection. Yeah, you need to repent of your sins. You need to trust. Okay. And so that is important that people trust in Christ for salvation. Um, but again, most people that we do prayer sessions with, they're already believers. And they're having, you know, demonic issues. They're having spiritual warfare. They're having oppression. They have strongholds. They have brokenness. They have you know, um, they need inner healing and the devil's messing with them on all that. And so you pray to get them free and now you're going to pray blessing and impartation. Why is this important? First thing I wrote down is it's the heart and attitude of God to bless. God is a blesser. You know, when he made Adam and Eve, it says he blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply right after creation. He blessed them. What does that mean? Do you ever want, we use these words, oh, just glorify your name in my life, Lord. You ever, you ever have this? I think this all the time, or I used to growing up until it drove me so nuts that I had to research what the words meant, and what are we actually saying when we say these churchy things, right? So what does it mean to bless? Do you know what it means? The Hebrew word for bless is barak, and it's also a word that is used for praise, it means this. It means when you bless someone, it means to invoke divine favor upon. To invoke in divine favor upon. What kind of favor? It means you're invoking uh, protection. Well, let me actually. Yeah, I can say this first. Um, it, you're invoking protection. You're invoking grace for mistakes and failures, power to overcome, grace, power to overcome uh, struggles. You're invoking 
communion, nearness with God in their relationship with him, you're invoking peace in their lives because they're right with God. You're invoking God's favor, which means now God's going to get involved in your life. Things are going to start going your way. And when something's not going your way, you can go, God help, and boom, he's going he's to come and help you with what you're going through. Answered prayer. You're invoking answered prayer. You're in, in invoking the gifts of God. You're invoking the provision of God. And so this is, this is what it means to, to bless someone. God is a blesser. And then when he set up the priesthood, he wanted them to invoke his blessing on people. Remember we talked about co-laboring. We're co-laboring with the Lord. Numbers 6, 22 through uh, 27 is the priestly blessing. And this is what he said we are to say to bless people. It says, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless. That's that word Barak, the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And he says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. He's saying these blessings represent my name because God's a blesser. And because my name is on them, my blessing is on them. I'm going to look after those which are mine and I'm going to look after them to, to bless them. God is bent on blessing people. He sends the rain on the righteous as well as the unrighteous. What does that mean? God is saying, I bless people who don't even believe I exist. I bless people who blaspheme my name. So hear me, sons and daughters of God. Hear me, beloved. How much more does he want to rain down blessing on your life? He wants to bless you. He's a blesser. He wants to bless you with good gifts. He wants to bless you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every single one. Well, I have love and I have joy, but I don't have much peace. Well, I have peace, but I don't have much faith. Well, I have faith, but I don't have much hope. Every spiritual blessing in Christ, he wants to bless you with. He's a blesser. And so he calls us to stand in for him. When we're ministering to someone, you are as Jesus to them. You're standing in the place of Jesus. You are ministering in his name by his authority. I remember the first time when I was super young, 23, 24 years old, and I'm sitting in a prayer session with someone, and they just start confessing stuff to me, all this sin in their life. And they're getting it out, and they're like, I'm repenting of it, but I'm so sorry, but it's, I did this, and they're broken. And I just looked at them, and I remember this, and I just look, I go, listen, Jesus died for that. You're repenting? You are forgiven. I remember in that moment, I thought, can I say that? I just told them they're forgiven. Who is Aaron Kirk? I have, I have no authority to forgive them. They didn't, they didn't do this stuff against me. I have the word of God. And the word of God says that if they confess, he is faithful and just to forgive. He will forgive. And he will purify from all unrighteousness. And he gives... What did he say to Peter and the other disciples? Whoever you forgive, 
they're what? They're forgiven. Think about, we, we don't take the Bible literally sometimes. Think about that. When you're reading that, you as a disciple, if you forgive someone on God's behalf, they're forgiven. Whoa! And our false humility rages and goes, oh, you're a worm and not a man. You can't preach that. Only Peter apparently could forgive sins. Well, Peter's not here anymore. (laughs) Whoever you forgive will be forgiven. Whatever you bind on earth, it's already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth, it's already loosed. Oh, mm, the Lord's going after false humility tonight. The spirit of religion causes false humility. It's in Colossians. It says, with your harsh treatment of the body, do not taste, do not touch. He calls it false humility. Who are we? I can't, oh, I can't, I can't bless someone in the Lord's name. I can't forgive someone. I can't tell someone they're forgiven. I mean, even if they confess and I, it seems like they're really repentant. They called upon the name of Jesus. Okay. I, they, they said a prayer and we baptized them, but I can't look in them in the eyes and say, you're saved. You're going to heaven. I can't say, I mean, who am I? I'm not the judge. So you never encourage anyone. You never come into agreement with the word of God and look them in the eye and be like, let me tell you something. You just responded to the grace of God. You are saved. You're going to heaven. Your sins are forgiven. Wow. Take some time to discern Holy Spirit sometimes because the way he speaks to us is in our hearts and our thoughts and our emotions and you can get confused and be like, what is this him? Is this me? How can I be sure? And so for young believers, the Lord could be going, I forgive you, I forgive you, I could forgive you through Holy Spirit. And they're just like, "Eh, maybe that's just my feelings. Maybe that's me wanting to feel forgiven. But when someone with skin on stands in front of them and goes, it's not about me and what I think. In fact, some of those sins were pretty bad. And if I were judging, I don't know if I would forgive you. But it's not about that. It's about what this right here says. And this right here says, you are forgiven. That means you're going to heaven. So stop worrying about it. Shame off you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Jesus loves you. Oh, man, he wants to bless you tonight. And so we need to get some confidence to look people in the eye and bless them with the word of God, with what the word of God blesses them with. And Oh, the word of God is so full of blessing. And I'm gonna show you here in a minute how full it is. One of the greatest ways you can prophesy over people, and I'm getting ahead of myself talking about prophesying. Do not make stuff up. Don't say stuff to be flattering or just to be nice. Prophesying is to speak under the inspiration and unction of the Holy Spirit. That is what it means. So you're listening You're looking them in the eye, but you're listening for God, and you speak what he's filling you with. And I will tell you this. I prophesy all the time over people for their encouragement. And I would say the vast majority of things that fly out of my mouth for people are straight verbatim scripture. (laughs) To encourage them. This is true for you. This is true for you. This is true for you. Scripture, 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 because it's the word of God. And then Holy Spirit will be like, by the way, they're going through this, and it's an individual thing, and encourage them with this. And it's like, okay, you know, get them with that. And like, mm, mm, mm. 
It's like, it's like boxing, but every time you hit them, you like help them. You know, it's like the opposite of the enemy. I don't know. Maybe because I'm a man and a fighter. I like to think of it that way. But it's like, I am just going to punch you in the face with these blessings until you believe it. <laughs> Love to bless people. <laughs> so this word can also mean to praise. Now think about this, to praise. I don't need to tell this story. All right. It's so sad that a lot of people that you will pray for have only heard criticism their whole life. They've only heard cursing, people cursing them, the world cursing them their whole life. For many of them, it's become their innate operating system. They curse and criticize themselves all day long. When you bless them, you're encouraging them with specific things. And this is when you're doing a prayer session with someone, and I've learned to do this, when they're, and sometimes I stop right in the middle of the prayer session because you realize they need, this is going to bring healing to enable the prayer session to go further. So you stop right then and there, and they, they reveal something about themselves, and, and the Holy Spirit's like, hmm. You know, they're extremely generous. And sometimes they're self-deprecating and they're getting down. And I just stop and I go, I just want to point out, you are an ex- it seems like you're always thinking about everything you've said tonight in this prayer session. You're talking about everyone else and you're, how concerned you are about everybody else. Seems like you're a really generous person who really is selfless. And man, that's like the heart of Jesus. And I don't always stop the prayer session to do that. I do it when... I feel led to do that. But if I don't stop it, it's like the Holy Spirit's like, write that down. Jot that down in your mind. You're going to be praying that over them at the end. The things I'm learning about them, I'm like, oh, like, I'm, mm, wow, this person doesn't see how beautiful they are in this area of their life. They don't see how gifted they are over here. No one's ever told them that. No one's ever called it out. All they are seeing is what they look down upon about themselves. And so... I heard one pastor say, you know, prophesying is like look, looking for the gold in people and calling it out, the gold that looks like God, you know, how God created them. And, you know, people, there's a lot of brokenness and a lot of sin, so you got to kind of dig for the gold, <laughs> dig through, the, through that stuff, you know, to find that gold sometimes. Um, but when you're in a prayer session, um, they're confessing things to you. They're being vulnerable. They're sharing things with you. Um, who they are in their heart of hearts is going to come out when they're sharing vulnerably. And you're, you're just going to notice some really good things about them. And you need to tuck that away because the Lord wants you to point that out, to pray that over them, to bless them, to praise them, to praise them, to praise them. A few, a few uh, weeks ago, well, it's been a month or two ago now, um, I was praying, you know, some some. I heard about some someone talking negatively about me, and uh, you know because of Jesus, because of my theology and, and whatnot, and that's always discouraging, right? And so it's it was bothering me. And how many of you know if it's bothering you, that means you need to pray about it. it. You don't need to talk about it. You don't need to stew on it. You need to pray about it. That's what that means. Took me a long time to figure that out. And my wife's been a great. I was like, I don't need you to tell me. You need to tell Jesus about this. It's like, oh man. Um, 
And I've just learned that. So I was praying, you know, bless those who curse you. And I'm just like, Lord, bless them. <laughs> Lord, bless them. Can I move? I don't feel better yet. Can I move on with my day? It still discourages me. And he's like, bless them. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, I want you to actually bless them in prayer to me. And I realized, I don't even know what that means. And I looked up the word bless. What does it mean? It means to praise specifically. Lord, you want me to think about this person, what I know of them, and not think about how wrong I know they are. You want me to think about the good character traits in them, and you want me to bless that in them to you right now? And he, I just felt like he was like, yes, there it is. And then your heart rages a little bit, like, you don't even know what they're, okay, you do know, but why are you asking me to do this? <laughs> It's not fair. And then suddenly, every mature Christian becomes a three-year-old. Yeah. It's not fair. They did this to me. And um, so I was like, all right. And I said, you know what, God, that person, here's what I know about them. They really love you. They have a sincere heart for you. They're really generous. They have these gifts. God, thank you for this person's faith and for these gifts, and I bless them. And Lord, I pray you would bless those gifts in that person. I pray you would increase those gifts in that person and draw them closer to you in a mighty way, in Jesus' name. And he's like, there you go. Now you can move on. It's like, all right. Bless people to praise, to look at them and go, do you know how awesome you are? Let me tell you and be authentic. Do not make stuff up. Don't say nice things just to be nice. Because if, if you are making it up, it might sound nice. It will not bless them. It will not bring inner healing to them. But man, you can have the most generic word from God that you think is silly. But if it's of the Lord and you say it to them, they get blessed. <laughs> It feeds their soul because it's from Holy Spirit. It's bread of life that he's given you to give to them. And so that's why being prophetic is so important. And that's why having integrity in the prophetic is so important. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's powerful to bless someone in, in that vulnerable moment after they've confessed. They've, you've helped clean them out through prayer. Now I'm going to pray the blessing uh, of the Lord that, that he's giving to you to pray over them. It's so powerful. Um, I have some other things that I wrote down about that, but I'm just going to jump because I want to leave some time to pray tonight, really go after prayer tonight. <sighs> yeah. Um, so I already said this, but the whole time you're going through a prayer session, keep one ear listening to them. and one, This is actually a huge deal that I have not highlighted enough throughout this whole series. <laughs> the whole time you're ministering to someone, and this could be on the phone with a friend for some of you, keep one ear listening to them and one ear listening to Holy Spirit. Like, God, what are you, what are you doing here? You know? And I've just stopped apologizing for zoning out on people. You know? Especially in that church, I get away with it. People understand more so. But out in the world, sometimes I have to explain to people, like, 
if I do this, it's like, oh, I'm, li- I'm listening. Like the Lord's speaking to me, and I want to I help you with how he's leading. And uh, that's really important. And I do want to say this when, it come, when, when we pray for people. You know, we, you can have this model. You know, you can have the repenting and renouncing model. You can have an inner healing model. It's like, I've been trained in this, and I know what to do, and I'm going to lead them through prayer this way. If Holy Spirit is redirecting, <laughs> if Holy Spirit's like, do this, and it's none of that, do what Holy Spirit's leading you to do. And so that's just a word to the wise. Listen to the Holy Spirit. If you know it's Holy Spirit, if you're confused and you're like, maybe it's not, I'm not sure, when in doubt, I would say don't act on it, ask for more confirmation and keep going with what you know, okay? But if you know it's the Lord, then do what he's showing you. Uh, and that's good for any prayer session at any time. So one of you're listening to them, one of you're listening to the Lord. And like I said, kind of taking mental notes for, oh, the good things God's highlighting so you can bless them with that when it comes time to do that. Um, I did a sermon on words of encouragement, speaking life, many years ago. And I stumbled across this article in the Harvard Business Review by Jack Zinger and Joseph Folkman, March 15th, 2013, on the Harvest Business Review website. And they asked this question, which is more effective for improving team performance, using positive feedback to let people know they're doing, when they're doing well, or offering constructive criticism, comments, to help them when they're off track. And the article says this, new research suggests this is a trick question. The answer, as one might intuitively expect, is that both are important. But the real question is, in what proportion? What I'm about to say is very important. And I think it's very important for your own personal relationship with God. And I think it's very important for your relationships with your spouse and with your kids and with your church family. And then finally, when you're ministering to someone. And this is what they said. In what proportion? Researcher Emily Heffy and consultant Marshall Losada examined the effectiveness of 60 strategic business unit leadership teams at a large information processing company. Effectiveness was measured according to financial performance, customer satisfaction ratings, and 360-degree feedback ratings of team members. The single factor that made the biggest difference in the team's performance, the ratio of positive comments among team members to negative comments. The teams that performed the lowest had a ratio of 0.36 to 1 positive feedback to critical. So they had, for every one critical comment, they had 0.36 positive comments. They performed the lowest. They had almost three times as many criticisms as, as positive encouragements, okay? The teams that did moderately well had a ratio of 1.9 to 1 positive to negative, meaning they had almost twice as much positive encouraging comments as they did critical comments. The teams that performed the best, though, had a ratio of five positive encouraging comments for every one negative critical comment. In other words, they encouraged one another five times as much as they criticized one another. Now, when I was studying for this message, that was a really fascinating study, and that was in the business world for business performance. What was interesting is I stumbled at the same time on another study that was about marriage, and it basically had the same exact findings. 
It was by a guy named John Gottman who did research on this in marriages. And he found he could accurately predict which couples would get divorced and which couples would thrive in marriage uh, with a similar research uh, project. Couples based on how they would talk to each other. And if it was negatively critical or positively encouraging. So couples with a ratio of 0.86 positive to one negative or lower ended up divorced. That's only slightly more negative than positive. That's almost one to one. Positive, negative, positive, negative. Couples with a ratio where the positive number was higher than the negative number tended to stay married, though the relationship still might be strained. However, couples, when surveyed, that said they loved their marriage and were happy and wouldn't change it, guess what the ratio of positive comments to negative was? Five to one. I think through this research, I love stuff like this. This is like science, right? And science just explains how God made the world work. This is kind of like sociology science, how relationships work. And what we're discovering here, and what scientists are discovering, and sociologists and researchers are discovering, is there's something about this five positive, loving, encouraging affirmations for every one negative critical comment. How many of you know, this is just reality, negative words weigh more. They've done studies about people and the way we remember things, and we tend to remember negative comments more. We tend to remember negative experiences more. Now, why is that? I don't know, but that's just what we do. Is that sin in us? Maybe. Is that the result of a fallen world? Probably, but that's just how it is. And what research is showing us is the way to overcome that is speaking five encouragements for every one time you might need to correct or criticize someone. Now think about that in relation to how you talk to your kids and how often you tell them they need to do their homework, they're not cleaning their room right. Now think about this, parents. Do you tell them these kinds of things at least once or twice a day? Cool. So are you encouraging them and speaking life over them five to ten times a day? Man, you're really good at this. Man, you did a great job cleaning up your room. Man, I didn't even have to ask you to do this. Hey, thanks for cleaning up dinner. Hey, thanks for listening to your dad. You didn't even roll your eyes that time. Okay, don't say that. All right? Don't say that. You can think that. Don't say that. Just say, thanks for listening to your dad. You know what I'm saying? This is powerful stuff. This is real life. So now, this is some homework. Go do a Bible study on how much God talks about speaking life, the power of our words, and how important encouragement is. And I'm not going to give a whole Bible study on it, but I will say this. Scripture says in, I'm going to just, here it is, Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily, As long as it's called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Man, if all you experience in life is one negative, heartbreaking situation after the other, 
people criticizing you. You try to waste time or feel better by getting on social media. You think that's going to make you feel better. Or by watching the 24-hour news cycle, you think that's going to make you feel. No, you feel worse. You feel worse. You feel worse. You get on Facebook. You're like, ugh, you know, you know. And, uh, man, if that's all you experience in life, your heart starts to get hard why am I here? God, I thought you're, you were good. Why does this keep happening to me? Where are you, Lord? Your heart gets hard. We need, what's the antidote for that? Did it say pray a whole lot more? Did it say worship the Lord a whole lot more? Will those things help? Yeah, sure. But what's the answer, it says, to hardening of heart? The body of Christ encouraging one another and how often? Every single day. Now think about that early church. They didn't have texting and email and phone calls. How could they encourage one another daily? They had to be physically present with one another daily. And so the power of presence, the power of making time to sit with a friend, to listen to them. Maybe you don't need a big deliverance prayer session where you repent and renounce. Maybe you just say, hey, tell me what's going on. They dump on you and you go, wow, can we just pray about that? You pray, you intercede. Lord, you bring the Lord into it. And then you go, now let me tell you who you are. And you just start encouraging them. Let me tell you how God's going to redeem this situation. Man, if the Lord's giving you insight about why it's happening, let me tell you why it's happening. He's strengthening you. He's, he's, he's growing your character through this. He's going to redeem. You're going to get to a time. I prophesy this all the time. And this is not me being uh, manufactured. But it's factual true. It's scripture. Why does God allow people to go through through things? You're going to get through this. And you're going to be thankful that, that this happened. And you're going to look back. And you're going to say things like, I would never want to go through it again. And yet, if I had it to do over, I wouldn't change it. Because of of what God has done through it. That's his redemption. Redemption means to make up for. And when God makes up for some things you've went through, he makes up for them to where you're glad it happened. Where you're better off, not in spite of it, but even because of it. Only God is that good. Only God can do that. But that's what he does. Whew. See, I'm prophesying to you. You're getting encouraged. I'm not even pointing you out and telling you how great you are as an individual. But you're getting encouraged. Why? Because that's factually true. This is what God does. This is who he is. And it softens our hearts. We stop believing the lies. We stop raging against God and, and not trusting him. The enemy wants you to get angry at God and stop trusting God because you'll cut yourself off from the only one who can help you. Or the only one who can redeem a situation. So, it's so important to encourage. And listen, listen, listen. Ezekiel 37, the dry bones story. I'm not going to go through it. But listen, when we prophesy, the Lord shows us his pattern in scripture. Speak it before you see it. Speak it before you see it. Son of man, can these bones live? You know, Lord. (laughs) You ever, you ever be with someone in a prayer session and it's like, I'm going to use them in a great way in ministry. There's going to be thousands of people come to faith through them. Say it. The Lord's saying, and you're just like, I don't know about it. They don't even serve, Lord, at church. I don't, I don't know about this. 
The Lord's like, I wasn't asking you. You can't see it. You can't see it yet. When I hear stuff like that, I'm like, are you sure? I'm like sitting there going, oh, yeah, tell me more. Are you sure about this, Lord? Say it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, Lord, prophesy. Dry bones live. <sighs> they start coming together. Then you start seeing it. You're like, whoa, all right. This is how God's doing this, right? Now prophesy to the breath. Come into the breath. <sighs> breath enters them. Now they stand up. Now they're living army. Wow, that's awesome. Isn't that interesting in that story? There was two stages of prophesying. He prophesies and the bones come together and the flesh enters on him. And it's like a person now, but it's dead. Now prophesy to the breath. Now you got to do some more prophesying. Now you got to do some more encouraging. Now you got to keep speaking. And when you speak life over someone, when you speak encouragement over someone, it's like you're you're putting wind in their sails. Then they get discouraged. And it's like you fill it back up and they just keep going. Encourage one another daily, 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 church. If the Lord gives you a negative word to say someone, you better pray on that. You better guard your mouth. You better make sure. You maybe want to sit on that a day or a week. But if an encouragement comes into your heart, there's no scripture like, you better guard yourself. Don't speak, don't speak encouraging words to one another. As, no, Don't speak what's unwholesome. Don't let any corrupt talk come out of your mouth. Speak only what's helpful for building one another up. So it encourages even people who listen. You ever been prophesying to someone? You're telling them how awesome they are. And like you start noticing people around. They're like, hmm, that's some good stuff, man. I think that's speaking to me too. You know? (laughs) It's awesome. We don't speak life enough. It's speaking encouragement. It's just one of the greatest spiritual gifts, I think. You're speaking life. And what I'm talking about is the essence of prophesying for individuals. And I'm not talking about the office of a prophet, like, I'm going to speak to you for the whole church and this whole season and where we're all going. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about prophesying to individuals. And we can all do that. And I believe the Lord wants us. We should all be prophets, little, little P prophets prophesying to each other for their encouragement to build up. Because the Lord said, when I pour out my spirit, you're going to have dreams and visions. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. And dreams and visions are a prophetic gift. Because what do you do? You pray for an interpretation. Then when you get it, you share it. You speak it. You're speaking what God is doing. And so sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Old men, young men, men and women, even on servants, right? What, what is that picture painting? God's saying, everybody, all my people, prophesy to one another. And prophesying, again, church, it's not just telling people nice things. Do I think that there are some Christians who maybe they don't get into Holy Spirit too much, or maybe they don't go to Holy Spirit church, they actually have a prophetic or encouragement gift, and they do it all the time? Yes, oh, absolutely. But there's also people who just man, want to be nice and they want to be liked and so they tell people nice things all the times because they really it's really a selfish thing because they want people to like them. Don't ever do that. God sees your heart. God knows when that, what you, God judges the motives, it says in scripture. And I believe, read Driven by Eternity by John Bevere, I believe will be judged not just for actions but for motive. God judges motive. 
He says, you can fathom all mysteries. Here's some proof to that, okay? Here's, you know, go check out the scriptures, right? But 1 Corinthians 13, fathom all mysteries, give generosity gifts. You give everything away to poor people. But if you don't have love, you're just making noise, and it means nothing, God says. You get no credit to your heavenly account. How is that? What? Pray more into that scripture. Why would somebody give away all their money to the poor if it was not motivated by love? We are living in a culture. <laughs> of I'm gonna I'm gonna go give the homeless some meals and give them some money, but I'm gonna make sure I get it on my video so I can post it on my Instagram so people can think about how awesome I am. Why are you doing it? It's important. So when it comes to blessing people, do not make stuff up. Do not just be nice. On the, on the contrary, and you can ask my wife. You can ask people that know me best. I will never do this, ever. I don't care if people don't like me at this point. I don't care what people think. And if the Lord tells me to tell you a hard word, I will tell you a hard word. I don't know why everybody's laughing. <laughs> Did I get a little upset there? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. They're the people that know me. They're laughing. All right. They know. I don't make stuff up. What's that? I do. My wife says I do care. I care about people. All right. <sighs> do you want to preach? This is like, this is like, <laughs> this is like we're in the car and it's like, you should have turned here. Now you're going to take too long. Do you want to drive? All right. Okay. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. She is encouraging me. Thank you. I'm just kidding. All right. Get back on the rails. I won't do this. I take it very seriously. But I will say this. I find this more often the case. When I look people in the eyes and I start telling them their worth, their value, what God is saying, you're, you're actually this. You don't see it, but you're this. This is what God is going to do in your situation, in your life. And I have had people many times look at me and go, oh, you probably tell everybody that. And I have learned to say there are many times that I go, um, you can ask this person right here. I never do what I'm about to do. You can ask this person right here. I do not tell people this, but I'm about to tell you this. And so you need, and here's the deal, guys. <laughs> you don't have to make stuff up. You don't, you don't need to tell people nice things all the time to get them to like you, right, in an inauthentic way. Why? Because if you're living with the Lord, the ultimate blesser and encourager who wants to bless everyone way more than we realize, if you're listening to him, he's going to give you things to say to people to encourage people, okay? And he's going to do that for all of us. How much more are those of you who have a gift of encouragement? You know, we're all supposed to give financially to the church. But some people have a gift of generosity. They just, they love to do it more so. They're, they're able to do it more than others. But we're all supposed to do it. We're all supposed to pray. But there's some people that just have a deep gift of intercession. They're just going to pray all day long, right? And, and I believe a gift of tongues kind of correlates. I believe gift of tongues is an intercession gift. And so... I could go on and on. There's all these things that we're all called to do, but then we get spiritual gifts that it's like, oh, but you, this person does it in a greater way. And so we're all called to prophesy. We're all called to encourage. Um, 
And there are people that with greater gifts and anointings for that. But we're all called to do it. We're all called to speak life. All right. So let me read 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3. This is the essence of prophesying. It says, follow. This is 14, 1 through 3. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Okay? But then listen to what prophecy is as he defines it. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speak to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. To give strength, to give encouragement, and to give comfort. That's what personal prophesying is. Okay? When you're prophesying over someone. So again, if you're a prophetic person or you meet a prophetic person, it's all doom and gloom judgment. It's all, oh, calling out your sins. You need to repent of this and you need to repent of that. It's like, okay, does God do that on occasion? Yes. When, you, when people receive those words, you need to be very gracious and careful with how you steward that. And maybe he gave you that just so you can pray for them. Maybe you're not supposed to call it out. But here's what I know from Scripture, the way Scripture defines prophesying. The vast majority of your prophesying should be strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. I don't know, maybe a five to one ratio at least. Have you ever prophesied five encouraging things over them? Then maybe you shouldn't think about giving a criticism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not going to do it. All right. Just going to leave that there. So that's the essence of prophesying. I've already talked about all that. So let's jump to impartation. Impartation, like I said, it just means to give or to bestow. When we say it in modern church, we're talking about the laying on of hands to invoke Holy Spirit to do things to people. (laughs) To bless people. To fill them with his presence. To empower them. To give them gifts. That's what we mean when we say impartation. Okay? 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 Uh, The Apostle Paul says, For this reason I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Timothy, you received a gift from God, and it came when I laid my hands on you, Paul said. And and now maybe that's dwindling or that's, you know, you're not not stewarding that well. You need to fan it into flame, you know. Um, 1 Timothy 4.14, he says, Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through, listen to this, through prophecy, that's interesting, when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So, and read the book of Acts. Anytime we get new Christians, the, the elders, the leaders are going to lay hands on them so they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They receive power. They receive anointing. They receive spiritual gifts. That's impartation, laying on of hands to receive that. It's not just for leaders. It's for everybody. Um, but, this verse, I love 1 Timothy 4.14. It says, your gift was given through prophecy. Man, when you do lay hands on people, um, I'll just say mass, vast majority of times I've done it to just pray blessing or impartation, guess what starts coming? Prophetic words. And he says the gift was given through the prophetic word. When you spoke what you heard God saying or what you saw God was doing in their life, when you spoke it out and laid your hand on them, it was literally imparted through the speaking it out. God had that gift for them. God, maybe, maybe, perhaps the way it works is that gift's already in them. It's not activated or turned on yet. Some, some theologians and people describe it that way, right? 
I don't really care how it works. <laughs> but the, the point is, it was given when, or it was activated and turned on when you spoke that prophetic word over that person. So God had this awesome gift for this person. And he waited their whole life until you are with them. One-on-one, you're with them in a church service, and you spoke something over them. And your speaking of blessing was such a gift, it literally imparted a gift to them. What a privilege. What an honor. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And God loves to give gifts. He loves to bless. And he wants to co-labor. He wants to co-labor with us. And he wants us to stand in for him, to be, you know, we talk about we're the body of Christ on the earth, right? He's not in the flesh anymore, but we are. And so when we invoke Holy Spirit, when we're listening to him, when we're walking with him in integrity, we can be the presence of Jesus for people in a very real way. And when we hear things from the Lord and we speak them out, it is as if the Lord himself is standing there saying it. It is that powerful. And so... Blessing and impartation is so powerful. I want to tell a story, and then we're going we're gonna to go into a prayer time. So when I, way back in 2016, when I went to Open Heaven Ministries uh, deliverance training, um, you know, it was a very powerful day for me. Many things were highlighted in my life, and I wanted to pray through them. And Harold Oberschlake was leading that, and he, he called out my wife and I, and he said, I never do this, but I want to pray for both of you at the same time. And I was like, okay, cool. So he did. And we, we, we confessed a few things, and we, he prayed through some things for us. And it was, it was really awesome. You know, my wife prayed through some fear stuff that she had. I prayed through some, you know, insecurity, you know, uh, condemnation type stuff. We prayed through this. And it was awesome. And I'm just going to be honest with you. As we were praying, I just started weeping, and I didn't know why. And I was like, what is happening, you know? And then Harold, you know, he, we did the renouncing. He broke things, commanded, blah, blah, blah. You know, sorry. It's like, ah, oh, we talk about this. All right. It was all, that was awesome, right? The thing I remember the most is this. When he went into the blessing part. And he put, he put his hand on my chest. And if you all know Harold Oberschlake, he is not a big dude. <laughs> and when he put his hand on my chest, it felt like he was a superhero, seven feet tall, bodybuilder like the weight that came on my chest was just like you know which by the way I think that's who he is in the spirit and it was like you know the the weight of glory as they say and he said I bless this young man and he said and I I never will forget I impart to him God any gift that I have that you want to give to him today And I bless him. I pray the Father's blessing over him. And I pray he's filled with the love of God today. And he just prays this powerful prayer over me. And I'm just weeping. And you know what I'm thinking as he's praying over me? I was not like, this is so awesome. I wasn't like, wow, this is amazing. I was thinking, but we didn't pray. I have this checklist because what you said, and we didn't pray through the checklist yet. And there, I have like 20 more things to pray through, but we're like at the end, and I'm not sure this is going to work. But I'm like, well, I'm like thinking all that. I'm, I don't overthink it all, though. <laughs> so my body's crying, but my mind's like, we didn't go through the whole checklist. 
And he gets done. He's like, amen. It's like, okay. And we had to leave. We had to get out of there and go to a birthday party and things. And so we're like, hey, we got to thank you so much. Love you. Yeah, thanks for that. We got to go. And we go out of there. And we were just like, my wife had the same experience. We were both just like, what just happened? I don't even know what just happened. I don't even know if it worked. I just am reeling right now. I'm very emotional. I don't know. We get to this birthday party. It was, it was one of my nephews, I think. So my whole family's there. There's some family friends there. So I, so I know some people well. I know some other. I don't know some other people who are there. We get out of the car, and that is the exact moment that I knew something had happened. Because <laughs> I look over at a few people that I don't know very well, and I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> it was as if they were my five-year-old. Every time I look at my little ass man, I'm just like. Every time. Having a bad day, just look at us, man. Oh, she's so cute. All right. But that's how I felt for total strangers. And I, I have, I'm not a spiteful person. You know, I don't like hate people I don't know. I think, I don't think anything. I was just like, hey, how are you? I don't know you, you know. You're probably a nice person. But that's about it until that point. And it was like love of God, just is the love of God. I had a filling of the love of God, which is interesting because that's what he prayed over me. It wasn't just deliverance, freedom, joy. It was like, oh, where's this love coming from? And it, that lasted for about nine months straight. I mean, just like, oh, love everybody. <laughs> like, it was powerful and amazing. And I believe I received an impartation of the gift of discerning of spirits that day because That was a Saturday. The next day we started doing, I started doing deliverance ministry in our church. Immediately. Immediately the next day people were telling me, hey, I got these issues. Will you pray for me? And in the past I'd be like, yeah, sure. Oh, Lord, help them in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'd be like, you said this and this. That's a demon and that's a stronghold and that's inner healing. Let's go. You know, like I just knew it. I just knew what to do. It's like you, it's spiritual discernment. It's like, that's new. That's different, right? How did that happen? Laying hand, praying, prophesying. And listen, I'll say it again. Many people, you know this, many people you know, people you pray with, people you try to help, all they've ever heard is cursing and criticism. And when you go to bless them and encourage them and tell them who they are and tell them their worth and value, but tell them specifically what God sees in them, or what you see in them on God's behalf, right? Many of them, it will be the first time in their life anyone has ever spoken that kind of encouragement and blessing to them. I mean, it changes people. That will heal. That will heal people. And it will impart things. It will impart things. I've prayed over several people. This has just been a thing for whatever reason in the last year. Many people I've prayed over, and I'm like, oh, I'm praying. And the Lord's like, I'm giving them the gift of tongues. And I'm like, oh, God says he's giving you a gift of tongues. So, Lord, I thank you for that. I bless them. Give them the gift of tongues. Amen. Vast majority of them do not start speaking in tongues right away. Every single person that I've been keeping track, every single person I've prayed that over, you give them a month or two, they come back to me and go, guess what happened? And I'm like, uh-huh. Tell me the story. How did it happen? How did it go? And they tell me, it's awesome. But the Lord was telling me, I'm giving, did Aaron give them that gift? No. 
Am I so special that I can do that with me? No, I'm just calling out what he's doing. This is what God's doing. He's doing it right now. And he does it. He does it. And so, but man, is it a privilege and an honor to be used that way by the king of kings? You better believe it. And so, that's awesome, guys. This is the fun part. If you make it here with someone, if you pray through a bunch of hard stuff, what a tragedy it would be to just pray through hard stuff and not get to the good stuff. This is where God wants to get us. He wants to just pour out blessing on us. And so I want to engage us in a time of blessing and impartation tonight. And uh, we're going to start it like this. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I'm going to speak some blessing and encouragement from the word of God over you. And then I'm going to give an invitation. And I'm going to have our prayer team come up. And we're just going to do a couple prayer lines. And we're just going to impart and bless people tonight. So I was thinking about that five to one ratio. (laughs) And we need to hear some hard things sometimes. But I want us to think about how encouraging, maybe you've never thought about how encouraging the word of God itself is and how much encouragement is in the word of God itself. And so (laughs) you're going to get five rounds of five blessings from the word of God. And so I'll start with this. We're all sinners. Romans 3.23. So that's a criticism. That's one criticism. But here's some encouragement. Number one, God loves us. Romans 5 verse 8. Number two, God forgives us. Ephesians 1 verse 7. Number three, God saves us. Mark 16, 16. Number four, God heals us. Psalm 103, 3. And number five, He gives us his very Holy Spirit to live within us, John 14, 16, and 17. But that's not all. We may still fail from from time to time. That's true. But his mercies are new every morning, Lamentations 3, 23. He works all things together for the good of those who love him, Romans 8, 28. So there is therefore right now no condemnation for we who are in Christ, Romans 8, verse 1. There is nothing now that can separate us from the love of God, Romans 8, 39. And we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, Romans 8, 37. Some of you are weary today. So weary you don't even know what to pray about. But I'm telling you, the word of God says... The Spirit of God himself is interceding on your behalf with groans words cannot express, Romans 8, 26. Jesus always lives to intercede for you from heaven, Hebrews 7, 25. Because all his thoughts toward you are good, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And his thoughts are higher than your thoughts and his ways are higher than your ways, Isaiah 55, verse 8. So you don't have to understand why it's all happening because he'll give you peace that passes understanding as you hope in him, Philippians 4, verse 7. Now listen. Some of you might be discouraged because of the trouble in this world. But take heart because he has overcome the world, John 16, 33. 
He is with you, Matthew 28, verse 20. He is for you, Romans 8, verse 31. He is watching over you and protecting you, Psalm 121, verses 5 and 7. He will deliver you from all your troubles, Psalm 34, 17 and 19, and all of your fears, Psalm 34, verse 4. That's a promise from the word of God. And he sent me here finally today to speak some life into your dry bones and weary souls and hopeless hearts. So I declare in Jesus' name the priestly blessing from Numbers verse 6. The Lord today is blessing you. The Lord today is protecting you. The Lord today right now is turning his face toward you. The Lord is being very gracious to you right now. Grace is coming. Grace is covering. And the Lord is giving you peace right now, this very moment, because you're suddenly aware of how encouraging he is to you. And we've taken just a little time to silence the voice of the enemy and focus on the goodness of God, his praise and his encouragement and his blessing towards us and so God I pray right now you'd help us always remember this moment right here and always remember how good you are and that your thoughts towards us are always good your voice is always kind and encouraging and loving and hope-filled and gracious towards those you love so help us to discern your voice And I pray you would silence the voice of the enemy right now and silence our flesh and even our hearts, God, so we can receive from you tonight, God. Fill us, fill us, fill us with your presence and with your glory. I want to invite our prayer team up as we're continuing in a spirit of prayer. And uh, you guys can just line up on the front. And uh, here's, here's what I want to do. If you want to receive more from the Lord tonight, blessing, impartation, encouragement, have our team pray over you. Uh, we want to. I'm going to invite you to come up in just a minute and just receive from the Lord um, and receive from our team. Uh, you might feel led to just hang out and stay in your seat and just receive from the Lord directly. Turn your seat into an altar. You can do that as well. And, but if you're here tonight, you're like, man, I'm good, and I need to get going. Um, I'm going to dismiss you in a minute, and you're welcome to leave. Just We just ask you to leave respectfully, kind of in a, quietly, and save any uh, conversation for the lobby out there because we're going to continue kind of praying for some people in here tonight. Um, so here in a minute when I give that invitation, if you, if you need to leave or you want to leave, you're welcome to go and be dismissed. I do feel like um, if there's anyone here tonight who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, 
I want to be really transparent. We filled this baptistry up for you. Um, we were not planning on baptisms this weekend. And the Lord wants to bless you. And I'm the best of ways. <laughs> and it's by forgiving all of your sin. <laughs> past, present, and future. <laughs> and giving the gift of eternal life. So you know, no matter what happens in this life, when you pass, you're going to be in heaven with Jesus. And scripture says if you want to receive that, you just turn from your sin. You call upon the name of Jesus. He will save you. And if you make that decision, he wants you to get baptized in water. And so if anyone here wants to make that decision tonight, I'm going to invite you to come up to the far right side of the room, your right. And there's a cross over there. And uh, you can talk to Miss Ruth, our Connections Pastor, about that. Maybe a ministry team member. They can pray with you to receive salvation. And if you want to get baptized, we've got packets of clothes. You can change. You can get baptized tonight. And then we'll pray <laughs> impartation, filling of the Holy Spirit over you. Um, but salvation is the greatest gift. Salvation is the greatest gift. We love spiritual experiences. We love dreams and visions. We love callings. We love the power of God. We love healing. But salvation is the greatest gift. Salvation is the greatest miracle. And so I just felt led to give that invitation. And if you don't know Jesus, if you've never been saved, that's all you do. You pray authentically from your heart and, and with sincerity going, man, I'm going to try my best the rest of my life to live for God and do what he wants. And if you have that heart motive, you just pray and the Lord saves you. And then you get baptized in water because that's what he asks us to do. It's a prophetic act, signifying everything we believe as Christians, that we go under the water representing Jesus' death, and we come up to live a new life in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come, and that water washing your body symbolizes or even prophesies of the blood of Jesus washing away your sin. <laughs> and so you're coming into agreement with God's salvation over your life through that. It's a prophetic act. It's a beautiful thing. And so if you want to make that decision tonight, like I said, come on up to the cross over here, the far right, your right. Uh, if you want to receive more prayer and blessing, come on up and just let our team, our team has been trained in this. They're skilled in this. These are awesome people. Just, just pick somebody. Um, if we need to do lines, we can do that. That's fine. Um, but if you need to go, you can go. And, uh, and I will say this, if there's someone named Gary here, um, I would love, to, I feel like I'm supposed to prophesy over you uh, specifically. And if, I know some guys had to leave, um, if there was a Gary there, maybe we can just let me know and we can connect later. Oh, his name is Gary. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll come over there and we'll record a prayer for him. How about that? So that is a reminder to record a prayer for everyone else. Yes. Neck and throat issues. Rob says, raise your hand, Rob. If you have neck and throat stuff, go let, let Rob pray over you. There's a Gary. Do you mind if I pray over you?
Hey, you're good. We'll just do it right now, Gary. Let me just pray. This is uh this is uh this is the uh what do they call this? Um practicum or uh what I just talked about. All right. So we were praying in the back, Gary, and um the Lord said, There's a Gary and I want you to prophesy over him. So do you mind I'm just gonna pray over you. Is that cool? Go right ahead. All right. I just feel like the Lord wants me to just prophesy over you, Gary. So um, I feel like you're coming to a turning point season in your life. It's like the Lord's turning a chapter. A whole old season is closing. It's like your whole life up until now, God's like, okay, all right, good. That's done. Now we're looking forward. And he's about to do some new things, and he's about to call you some some new things. He wants to do some things in your life that have, he's never done before. He wants you to experience some things that you've never experienced before. I feel like he was saying, you're a very gifted and talented person. You have a lot of gifts. You have a lot of abilities. And he's going to start showing you ways that you can use them for his glory to bless other people in a, in a mighty, mighty way. And so I just bless you in that in Jesus' name. And... Uh, that's it. I just want to pray for you now. God, I just thank you for Gary, and I bless him. <sighs> and I just pray that you would fill him with your presence. I pray that he would know your love tonight, God. And Gary, I just feel the love of God for you in a mighty, mighty way. God loves you so, 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 so much. And I just bless you with the love of God. And I pray a filling of the love of God in your life like you have never known. A radical filling of his love. And God, what we pray during worship, I pray over my friend Gary now. I pray that you would give him power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God. And I... And, and Gary, you're... God's going to give you a new reputation. You're going to be known as a lover of God, but a lover of people. Like, you're just going to just gush love for people, and you're going to show love for people, and uh, people will, people are going to love you, Gary, uh, because you're so loving, and they're going to be, they're going to be, people are going to talk behind your back about you. Oh, God says it's already happening, but it's a good thing. They're saying things like, man, Gary, he would give you the shirt off of his back. Man, Gary, that's a good dude. That's just a good man. There's just an integrity about Gary. If you need help, call Gary. He will help you. So I bless Gary tonight with these things. And I just feel like the Lord's saying, you've known a little of this, and it's about to be very much amplified in your life. Very much amplified there's some things you've learned about being a man that are not of God. And the Lord's going to dissolve that and burn that up and, and, and just blow it away like chaff. And there's the true man in you, a man of courage, a, a humble man, a man who knows how to love, a man who knows how to encourage. That's going to shine like gold and it's going to consume you and that's who you're going to become. And uh, you're going to be known for that. And uh, 
those other things the world teaches us about how to be men, it's like the rough edges that the Lord's just going to soften, but it's going to be in a good way. But you're going to be very hard in other ways, in a good way. He's going to, your forehead is going to be hard like flint. You will be unflinching at the storms of life. You will be, it's like the buffalo, um, into the storm. When a storm comes, cattle run. The buffalo go into the storm because they know it will actually be over with sooner if I go into the storm and they don't fear it. He's setting your face like flint. You do not run from problems. You're not an avoider. You are going to stop avoiding issues, avoiding hard conversations. You're going to engage them head in, but with love filling your heart. Love filling your heart to bless those situations. So I bless you with these things, Gary. And uh, I thank you, Lord, for a forehead like Flint, that he can stand against the storms. He can run to the hard situations. I thank you for a heart that, that you're purifying like gold to love, to love, to love, to love, to love, to love, and to express love through acts of kindness, acts of helps to bless other people and to speak life as he's doing it to point people to you. So thank you for Gary. Thank you for his family. And we bless him tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.